Hello, listeners. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Minnesota State University Mankato's Family and Parent uh, Orientation Podcast. Thrilled to be joined today by Dr. Wendy Shu. She is our Director of Student Health Services here at Minnesota State and has a wealth of knowledge uh, regarding today's topic, which is about student health and the, and the many services that we have here on campus, as well as how we are doing some of our specific responding to the COVID-19 situation. Uh, Wendy's kind of our expert here on campus on many of the, the student health issues. And so I think today's podcast you're gonna find to be super valuable regarding all the information of what we can do, what our capabilities are, and, and then answer some of the questions you might be having at this point in time. With that, Wendy, welcome. Thank you for joining us, Dr. Shu. And uh, what to, to begin, why don't you share a little bit about um, how long you've been here and what do you like about working at the university? Sure. Well, uh, I must like it. I've been here since 2001, so that feels like a long time. My role when I started was actually as a health educator. And then in 2010, took on the director role. So I have been in that role for about 10 years. Um, one of the, I think, benefits of the job, I mean, we're a little unique being a health center plopped in a college campus, yet that's one of my favorite parts. I think what we can contribute to student success and student retention uh, to see students who are maybe struggling and um, trying to figure things out that we can help them and, and keep them well and keep them successful is, is very rewarding. I imagine so. And, and uh, you know, one of the things I like is that you're the answer to a trivia question in that um, you were the first person I officially hired. And I wasn't That's even right. here yet, yeah, into your role. So um, uh, couldn't couldn't be more thrilled that that worked out the way it did. And, and uh, it's been a great, great process since and everything. But uh, it is kind of funny that yeah, I wasn't even here yet. When they were uh, like, that's what I was going to say. You weren't even in the state of Minnesota. So. No, not at all. They're like, can she do the job? I'm like, I, you tell me. I don't know. <laughs> of course I can. Of course she does. Does an incredible <laughs> job. Well, um, Wendy, you your operation has a lot of different angles to it in, in related to some education as well as student health. Can you give us a sense of what does student health services encompass here at the university? Sure. So it's always fun to talk with parents at summer orientation. Um, you know, a lot of times though, the conversation is, you don't need us until you need us, right? Like it's not your intention to get sick and need healthcare um, while you're here. This year feels a little bit different uh, because it is at the forefront of a lot of people's minds about, hey, I wonder what health services are available at um, Minnesota State University in Mankato. So I think this is good information to get out there, uh, we do have a full service medical clinic. And if you look around at other colleges and universities, that can vary what that looks like. Uh, so a lot of people will walk into student health services and say like, oh, this, this, look, this looks and feels like a real doctor's office. So I think that's important for people to know that we have three physicians and three nurse practitioners on staff every day, almost every day. Uh, we are open every day that, that classes are in session. Um, each of those practitioners is board certified, family practice, uh, maybe a little bit different niche or area of expertise that they have. One of our physicians works frequently with athletics. One of our physicians does a lot of women's health, um, annual exams, uh, birth control options. Um, and then one of our um, providers and our medical director is actually a psychiatric nurse practitioner. So a, a large, a broad scope, um, while I said all family practice, a nice um, range of services that they can offer to our students. In addition to our medical clinic, which was actually, um, has, we've been accredited with 
um, Triple HC. The organization is called since 2002 uh, and actually have that site visit coming up again. Um, but also we have a, a pharmacy. And so the pharmacy offers just like uh, it would be for a retail corner pharmacy. If students want to use the pharmacy and get prescriptions transferred from home, if they need over-the-counter items, cough drops, cold tablets, acetaminophen, toothbrush, uh, things that they may need, they can get those at a reduced cost within the health service pharmacy. So that's good for people to know. And if, if you do have a hometown pharmacist, you'll know there are a wealth of information that you can kind of go to them and, and talk through symptoms and get advice on, you know, it might be a good idea for you to see a healthcare provider, or we have these options for over-the-counter supplies if you'd like to, to try this and, and see how this works. So that can be um, good for people to know. And then also just um, to, for them to know, we have a moderate complexity lab, which really what that means is students can get lab uh, tests done right here on site and not have to leave campus. We will get some students who may have um, need regular labs or have chronic healthcare conditions that they need to get um, regular blood samples or things like that. And those also can be done on campus if, if they choose to. A lot of students um, will say like, oh, I assumed I would use the health service medical clinic pharmacy laboratory when I couldn't get home to my doctor. Totally appropriate. That can be um, how they choose to use us, but what we find is about 75% of our students consider us their primary source of healthcare. So during their time here, uh, they, they continue to see maybe a provider within Student Health Services to get their care taken care of. So, um, and then finally, we have health education initiatives. So we have three health educators that will do outreach on different health topics such as sleep, stress, substance use, um, sexual behaviors, and then they can have peer educators that do outreach that we may not have the staff to go out and do all of that programming, but our students um, can do a lot of that outreach and get, get some of that good information out as well. Wow, you guys do provide a lot of services. That's, that's phenomenal. And um, I know we as a university take great pride in the work that, that you have and your staff um, are able to do that we've got that full service student health center right here to to take care of um, our students appropriately. So, so glad you're able to share more about that. So as, as we stand right now, we're in the midst of a pandemic. We are running summer school. We have students who are taking classes. The vast majority are online right now, but how, how are the way, various ways you're serving our students? When this escalated in March, um, we really had to make a tough decision about what our role would be and um, had a lot of conversations about you know, what direction that would take. And, and it was, you know, really impressive to see the health service staff step up and say, our role is to be here. We need to serve our students. We need to keep them well. Um, we need to keep them out of the emergency room and, and provide the care that we can. So we did make the difficult decision at that time to stay open for in-person visits. And we have been open. And that will also be kind of a common question that I get, like, okay, when do you reopen? When, when are you guys open again? And um, to try to get that information out there that we, we have been and plan to continue to be open during this time. Um, so in-person visits are still available, not, not all, um, but many. But we've also transitioned to a lot of telehealth visits. Uh, and fortunately, 
we had a little leg up on this. We had already been developing policies and procedures and software and confidentiality and, and release and all of that legwork done to be prepared. Um, we had been serving actually um, as a, a hub within the Minnesota state system to serve some other schools within the state for telepsychiatry services. So we were able to take some of that uh, information that we knew and transition that over to some other general healthcare appointments, such as um, sleep and um, you know female reproductive health issues and some of these other appointment reasons that could be done remotely. So that was um, helpful. And then all of our providers began offering telehealth visits in addition to in-person visits. And we plan to continue that. One of our goals over the past year has also been to expand the services within our patient portal. So many people are probably familiar what that looks like, and that allows students the, um, the place to, first of all, go in there and update their address if they're moving at this point every two or three months, and access immunizations that they may have received without having to get kind of that release um, filled out and then schedule some appointments. Um, so that patient portal has really served as a resource for students as well as a connection to us. So they can communicate with their medical provider. They can fill out pre-appointment paperwork all through that uh, portal. So again, that's helped students who aren't physically here right now. Our pharmacy just, um, just recently has begun offering mail order options for our patients mm -hmm. who want to continue to use their services but get them sent home um, until when and if they return to campus. So that also was a big project that um, they have undertaken that, that we've been able to implement. And then um, one of the other kind of changes with the pandemic was offering a hotline. And so uh, we have a nurse practitioner that responds to calls during the day during business hours. Mostly that concept is for COVID questions, but it's expanded a little bit for people who may want to um, kind of, you know, ask questions usually related to quarantine or symptoms or should I see a doctor, things like that. So that's been a nice also feature for our students that they can talk through that with a provider without having to, to make an appointment. Wow, that, that's phenomenal. And, um, you know, I do have privy to know that, that that's a lot of the services you have. But, you know, one of the things that, that during this uh, pandemic time, it's been kind of, in a weird way, fun to see recognizes that you have been um, a key leader on some nat or on some statewide uh, task forces um, created by Minnesota Department of Health. You know, they do view us as you're sharing. We provide services for other campuses with some of the um, mental health uh, telehealth um, delivery of mental telehealth delivery specifically. And um, so we're looked at as a, as a key partner to help with some of the planning and response to the, the pandemic for all of higher education in the state of Minnesota. As families and students are looking to the fall, from your experience with that group, as well as you know from our other planning, what, what should students and families expect related to both health services and, and, and what you learned from that? I think what you alluded to is really good for people to know that we have been at the table, um, that there have been, I mean, almost an overwhelming amount of meetings and information um, and work that's been done to try to make sure that we're putting ourselves in the best position possible to keep our campus community safe uh, and um, 
yet provide a, a good experience for, for students. So what can people expect is a great question. <laughs> I wish I had the answer to that. But I think uh, to know, I guess, that, um, you, you know, as we have conversations even with the employees that are coming back and students that are coming back, COVID-19 is here. Uh, let's hope there's a vaccine here coming within the next six months, one year, one year and a half, whatever timeline that, that we can expect. At that point, we will be involved in vaccinations. But until then, you know, we need to um, change the way what we what we would consider as normal. Um, that 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 is new. This is our new normal, right? Like we talk about, uh, you know, in-person classes or you know, student activities or even healthcare. Um, a lot of that has has changed within healthcare uh, specifically. You know, a lot of times. Um, students will get here and this is new, like this is confusing. Health insurance, even sometimes scheduling your own appointment or trying to figure out what the, the provider has told you or getting prescriptions filled, like that can feel a little overwhelming. And so we try to help walk through that process and, and navigate that process with students. You know, this is very different than than heading into an urgent care facility because we are trying to to help them get educated on how to manage their health care in the future. That makes a lot of sense. I know it's it's just like the lessons about how to do your own laundry, I guess, and, and how to how to manage your own health care. Sometimes they'll they'll come and they'll they'll have their wallet like which card do you need? Like I have a health insurance card and a pharmacy insurance card and an auto insurance card. Like, what do you need out of here? So just trying to help educate them. Yeah, awesome, awesome. One of the questions we're hearing um, from families and students is uh, surrounding testing, you know, and what, what, what are your thoughts or plans at this point related to, you know, testing for both COVID-19, um, whether you have it as well as antibody testing at this point? Right, so um, that was actually one of the Minnesota Department of Health work groups that I served on, and we have just been reconvened to look at testing, and there is a lot of conversation and, and range of ideas out there right now as far as mass testing, uh, testing asymptomatic um, you know, groups of people, and is there a benefit to that? At this point, um, I'm on the I'm on board with what the Department of Health is saying that there's not really a large benefit to that. Um, what you could find is someone testing negative now and tomorrow, two hours from now, three days from now, that test being positive, and understanding the difference between asymptomatic and presymptomatic. Um, so, if I have COVID and um, these symptoms appear you know, there isn't a large benefit to testing me yesterday compared to when those, those symptoms appear. So there, there definitely are different camps on that, and I, I totally understand that. Um, testing, obviously, we've seen in the last two months change drastically from people who are very ill not being able to get tested to now that testing is much more readily available. Um, and so it is true, and, and I do support that should you have a reason to be tested that absolutely, um, you know, there are places out there that are set up for drive-through clinics and simple, you know, respiratory clinics where that's their purpose um, is to serve, to serve that. So we within Student Health Services are exploring what that will look like for us in the fall. 
what it may look like is um, well visits in the morning and um, those who are concerned about uh, sick visits, you know, in the afternoon um, to then allow for appropriate cleaning procedures to happen to be ready again for the next day. So that is something that um, we're spending a lot of time, our, you know, our, our medical staff and lab staff are spending a lot of time looking into to making sure that uh, we're following guidelines as well. Mm -hmm. It makes a lot of sense. And, and um, you know, one of the things that, that uh, you may not think about as you're selecting a university to attend and such is student health may not be the first choice of like, oh, that's why I'm going to go there. They've got, they've got great resources and such. And, but it's definitely a supporting thing. And when you look at it beyond our campus, can, can you give our families and listeners a little bit of a, a sense of when the medical need is beyond what you can provide in a student health center, what are the local resources here that can be brought to bear to help um, with a health issue? Sure. So we do have the good fortune of having great medical facilities in town. Um, related to that, we have good communication lines with them. So right now, um, right now we're having at least weekly meetings with a um, South Central Minnesota coalition, as well as sort of that uh, emergency response to get a sense of what everyone is seeing and making sure that um, we're prepared for trends and and um, what the clinics and hospitals in the community are seeing. So I think it's good for uh, people to know that we do work together. And that could be the case also with our county health. So our, our local county health, um, again, weekly communication and uh, works with, we're, we'll work with them on outbreaks, um, you know, any public health investigations that need to occur. Um, that's that's sort of part of our daily business as well. We're fortunate enough to have a hospital in town as well. Do you know, I, I don't know, sometimes there's various levels described of this hospital as a trauma to or whatever. What, what's ours, do you know? No, I don't. I don't know. either. <laughs> I'm fairly certain it's, 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 if it's not the top, it's near the top. Right. Um, I would think because we do serve a lot of Southern Minnesota um, as well as Northern Iowa with through that hospital so right know that really that's just minutes away from our campus is, is a nice um kind and of the bus there. and the bus system can take you to medical facilities too at no charge for students so yeah excellent excellent yeah we're very very lucky that way to to have a strong medical community and we have you know a transfer agreement also so if someone does present to health services that's beyond our capacity that's having a cardiac emergency or something uh you know, a diabetic shock, something like that, that we can um, have ambulance service that would go right from health services to the hospital. Oh, wonderful. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's perfect. Um, you know, so there's some routine things that students do before they go to college, and that's shots. And, and can you describe what are some of the things they need to be doing this summer in preparation for the fall that would happen in, in a normal year? Then is there anything a little bit different that you might want to do for this fall? So that is probably one of the most common questions that I get from parents on a typical summer are the immunization requirements to attend school um, in the state of Minnesota. And there are two required immunizations that, the, like I said, the state of Minnesota um, requires for anyone going to college. And that is the MMR, which is the measles, mumps, and rubella, and uh, the tetanus diphtheria, which needs to be within the last 10 years. And so, how this works is we have information on our website that parents can go to that offers an option for uh, self-reporting these dates. 
So that can be done through an online submission form. We can, you can mail them, you can fax them, you can email them to us. If you actually have them, you can drop them off if you'd like to when you're on campus. So we simply need to enter those in. There will be, um, there's no effect in the first semester or the, for this case, the fall registration. But what happens is then when they get in there and try to register for spring, if these dates haven't been submitted, they'll get in there and see an immunization hold and that will cause stress. And then they'll have to try to dig those out or contact a clinic, things like that. So like I said, just the simple dates of after one year of age for the MMR and then the tetanus within the last 10 years. Um, you know, that's just your standard immunizations. Meningitis is not required in the state of Minnesota, but recommended. Um, you know, the CDC recommends that people get meningitis, in my own words, who live in small spaces sharing things. Uh, so a lot of times we're talking about college students there. So that's a good idea to get taken care of. And then this year, especially, we always recommend the flu shot, but this year especially is um, to get that influenza vaccine. Mm -hmm. um, just because some of the signs of COVID can mimic signs of influenza and um, you certainly don't want to start intermingling, you know, with people who think they have one or the other. Uh, and so a lot of schools are um, really pushing that influenza vaccine and we will have that available in early September. So, you know, if, if students want to come in at that point to get their flu shot, we will have it. Well, excellent. Excellent. Um... Yeah, well, and I, we, I almost, I feel like I sh we should share today is June 11th because stuff keeps changing all the time. So this is what we know as of June 11th, 2020. I did just look up real quick, uh, our Mayo ISJ, our, our local hospital, is a, it's a trauma three center. Okay. So uh, trauma one would be your highest with like a brain surgery. That's probably the Mayo Center in, in Rochester, our state. And maybe there's one in the metro area, but um, uh, we're fortunate enough to have a trauma three within um uh transfer capabilities to the trauma one center towards rochester so um hope nobody listening to this ever needs to know that <laughs> but just in case we, we got that answered wendy thank you so much for taking some time uh, to share your great services that you have here on campus um you're going to be the only person so far that i'm going to ask if you'd be open to further conversation later in the summer because we just probably might have something different <laughs> Um, that we know and understand. And so it might be worthwhile uh, to have a part two, but we'll, we'll come back to that as we, as we learn more. And, and um, as I share, it is June 11th. And so we're, we're a couple months out still from, from having everybody back on campus and expect to have more direction for folks. One, one kind of final point for, um, we, we talked about testing. I do know in the works we have right now and with your help um, is a self-screening um, tool that we're going to be developing. We, we have a, a proprietary app for our campus. It's called uh, MavLife, where students who um, are admitted students can go ahead and log in using their star ID and everything and start to see campus announcements, learn various resources, and interact with each other. There's opportunities to do that. But we're looking at installing on that app um, a very simple questionnaire, which folks can find online. They might have seen already. Um, on Monday, I finally got my hair cut. I got to go to Sports Clip in town here and and uh, before I could go, once I walked in, they asked me, have, have you had a fever in the last 24 hours? Have you had direct contact with anybody who's had COVID-19 in the last 24 hours? If, have you felt nauseous or, or weak or all these questions? We're looking, I know, at standing up a similar tool via our app 
and going to be asking our, our faculty, students, employees, everybody to pause each day before you come to campus and, and go through that self-screen. And then once on campus, I know um, if it's a more intimate or closer proximity kind of activity, you might be asked that yet again with kind of somebody being more directive um, on asking those questions. Can you, I, I might have answered the question by describing everything, but can you share a little bit about those plans and how that's helpful? Right. And I think the intent of this is really about self-care and self-awareness and understanding how you're feeling. Um, you know, even if you look at the indicator of fever, which is one of the first indicators that we knew of with COVID, uh, they're, you know, they're even talking about presumptive fever. So are you feeling achy? Are you getting the chills? Like, you don't actually have to take that thermometer and, and test your temp, you know, every morning and night. It's a good idea. Everybody should have a sense of what their body temperature is. Um, but our, our purpose of offering this screening is to have people have a, a sense of awareness for their symptoms and how they're feeling. Because while we always have given the message of please don't come to work sick, that's, that's a tough one to um, understand. And our work ethic and our, you know, not wanting to miss class and, and you know, wanting to get that information tells us, oh, I should, I should just go get this and, and then take off. Well, that, you know, if, if this teaches us anything, it will teach us to, you know, be aware of our um, personal health and to stay home when we're ill. Um, I, I hope that's one of the lessons that we've learned. So the, this app, like you said, mimics what's out there with um, Google and, and Apple and the CDC and, and MDH and we have a similar screening tool within our patient portal that I mentioned that students can fill out uh, and get some personalized feedback. Um, and so our hope is really that seeing these symptoms repeatedly, that then they'll get a sense of, um, this is what I need to do to keep everyone safe. So the same goes for masks. Um, you know, that can be new to people. Um, that can be uncomfortable, both physically and kind of socially can feel weird. And so we really have expectations that all of us set a new culture um, and, and make this feel safe and comfortable for people um, because that's really the purpose of wearing a mask is to protect that person that you're, that you're around, that you're conversing with. Um, and even social distancing, you know, to be able to have that tough conversation with someone who's sort of crowding your personal space uh, is not easy. And so just to, to kind of, um, think through that before the situation presents itself. You know, usually I actually have this conversation about alcohol use in college. Mm -hmm. People should have a plan. People should have thought through this prior to coming. So they have expectations and they're not just sort of thrown into the situation. And I think we've expanded that now that, um, you know, students and parents should be thinking and talking, communicating with their students about, about what this could look like in the fall. Uh, that makes a ton of sense. So it, it prompted yet another question for me. In that, you know, there's everybody does their back to school shopping. It's time to get those new sneakers, maybe a new jacket, jeans, sweatshirt. From a, a medical perspective, amidst this pandemic, are there some things you'd encourage each student to perhaps buy and have on their own that would be different this year? Definitely. Um, and so a lot of those kits uh, are out there, but, um, you know, having hand wipes, cleaning wipes, hand sanitizer, clean tissues, uh, a thermometer. Um, a lot of those things, and of course, a mask. And so, I don't know, I could toss that one back to you, but having a, a homemade mask, having a mask that's purple and gold, 
um, is, you know, what should everybody be part of their packing? I know we had a, a social media post the other day of keys, wallet, phone, mask, you know, just add that into your regular repertoire. So. Yeah, that's a good point. And, and to uh, Wendy's alluding to, we have, we're making the commitment as a university, we're going to buy two masks, cloth masks that are washable for every student, every faculty, every staff member here at the university branded appropriately. And I think they'll look pretty good for everybody, but two is probably not enough, you know? And so you know how often you do laundry and, and such. So it'd be helpful, you know, if people want to plan ahead, like you're saying, to bring some other cloth masks with them. It'd probably be a smart move as well. Well, wow, you've shared so much helpful information. This has just been great. Any final thoughts or, or advice you might want to share with anyone? No, I'd be happy to come back on later this summer, but I'd also, and we're also open to people reaching out to us as well with, with specific questions. Um, you know, raising your hand in the audience is sometimes hard, but asking that in a, over email or over phone, definitely. So reach out to health services if there's any specific questions that you have. And the best way to get a hold of you is? On our website, we have um, contact information with all of our staff. I'm certainly on there if you want to contact me directly, but we also have a general health services email address and phone number. Perfect, perfect. Well, again, Dr. Shu, thank you for your time. Um, stay safe and healthy yourself and your family. And uh, um, again, all of our listeners, stay tuned. We've got some more episodes coming up here shortly and um, uh, stay healthy. Thanks. <laughs>